You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. Where we unpack what is new and innovative in education. We're your host, Jessica. And Caroline. And today we're talking all about trends. In today's podcast, Tom outlines 20 trends that learning leaders need to consider. This podcast summarizes a five blog series Tom wrote in August and September. We'll be sure to link in the show notes and on the blog so you can catch up on all the details. All right, buckle up listeners, and let's dive into 20 trends in about 20 minutes. Hey, leaders and learners, this is Tom playing solo today. We're gonna look at trends in learning. Uh, 20 global trends impacting uh, not only elementary and secondary, but uh, but higher education. I started a series of uh, what became five blogs back in August. Today, you're going to get the 20-minute Cliff Notes version. So we're going to try to do 20 trends in about 20 minutes. So buckle in. Uh, let's start with four megatrends that everybody needs to uh, to be considering the first megatrend is new goals. There's a global reconsideration of learning goals. Some people call these new graduate profiles. Uh, they're all based on uh, the new economy and the new society that's grown up around this new AI-driven innovation economy. The World Economic Forum calls it the fourth industrial revolution. As a result, a lot of people around the world are asking, what should graduates know and be able to do? Our friends at iNACOL urged engaging communities in conversations about new definitions of success. Um, they think it's clearly needed uh, to redefine what success means, both academic, uh, social, emotional, uh, with a holistic focus on the whole child. We appreciate how Schools like Purdue Polytechnic, one of the XQ schools, has embraced um, the XQ Learner Goals. Uh, they've added uh, original thinkers and generous collaborators to their outcome framework. There's schools like Building 21 uh, in Philadelphia that are building a national network of schools around a new outcome framework. Play schools, uh, backed by the Teton Science Schools, another network that uh, shares a, a, an outcome framework. It's a group of regional micro schools. Uh, folks in higher ed are thinking hard about this. Minerva project that just graduated its first crop of seniors uh, has 100 foundational concepts and habits of success. And then the growing number of boot camps and job specific pathways that are Sometimes community colleges, uh, plus corporate training, plus private players. Uh, these new pathways are really clear about learning goals, both about tech and team skills that are needed. Uh, as much as I appreciate these comprehensive answers, I'm beginning to agree with uh, with Seth Godin that leadership and uh, some interesting problems might be the, the two most important skills. Uh, Mega trend number two, active learning. Uh, we're seeing a combination of personalized and project-based learning uh, growing uh, nationally, um, more learner-centered environments where kids, uh, where learners have more voice and choice in the learning, where it is uh, more active. We're happy to see more schools developing flexible and welcoming active learning spaces. Number three, 
Uh, related to both of these is the global shift to competency. We're seeing a shift to show what you know and uh, progress on mastery. But this is such a complex shift away from our time-bound system. This one's going to take a few years to uh, to play out. But it's uh, we do see it moving quickly around dynamic job clusters, and and those are spaces where academic pedigree matters less than what you can do. Our friends at the Lumina Foundation see competencies as the new currencies. Uh, and they're really advocating for hiring, focusing on skills rather than degrees. Uh, related to all of this is the growth in badging and digital credentialing. Uh, this is a space where education is leading uh, with around the topic of micro-credentials for teachers. It's a strategy that networks and districts are using to create personalized and competency-based learning for teachers. And then finally, we're seeing a move towards mastery-based transcripts. Uh, about 300 schools have joined the Mastery Transcript Consortium, uh, and we're, we're beginning, beginning to see uh, innovative schools like One Stone and Boise issue uh, a mastery-based transcript. The last uh, mega trend is integrated supports. And this is really becoming central to success in secondary schools and post-secondary uh, Tony Barton at the Relay Graduate School sees a bright future in which student differences are celebrated, their unique needs are met, and the entire system is geared toward advancing students' academic and social-emotional growth. Um, schools are using a lot more data. Uh, we're beginning to see AI um, support uh, the development of comprehensive student profiles that drives uh, early warning systems. Uh, Georgia State and Florida State have been uh, real leaders in this respect. Uh, but but that, that's a recap of the mega trends that we see in learning. New goals, active learning strategies, competency-based progressions, and integrated services boosting learner success. Now let's take a look at uh, four emerging trends. The first one we call contribution. Uh, Peter Senge, you'll remember him from the fifth discipline, said everyone deserves an education that's about their own development as a human being. The purpose of education is for me to become me in the context of society in which I live so I can truly contribute to my society. Uh, likewise, uh, investor turned advocate Ted Dintersmith, uh, What School Could Be, his recent book, um, said school should be about finding out what you're good at, preparing for lives of purpose, lives of contribution. So we think this idea of contribution is really the new superpower. It's about making a difference. It's about um, a value add mindset. It's about the skills of problem finding as well as problem solving. Uh, it's designed thinking. I had the good fortune to speak with Loudoun County uh, Superintendent Eric Williams a, a couple days ago, and their motto is empowering all learners to make meaningful contributions to the world. Uh, we think that's really remarkable, and it, it, it fits with his view that engaging students in solving authentic problems is a means to developing as knowledgeable critical thinkers, communicators, collaborators, creators, and contributors so this is how this idea of contribution fits with active learning and 
those uh, broader aims that we talked about in the in the mega category. Uh, we think this is such a, an important idea. We're writing a, a new book about it, about contribution and why it should be the focal point of school, particularly our secondary schools. Emerging trend number two is immersive learning. Uh, by immersive learning, we, we mean taking advantage of the power of place. And our friends at Teton Science School know more about this than anybody. We just wrote a book with them about place-based learning uh, it's time to drop the worksheets and go outside and take advantage of what your community can offer. Um, as Larry Rosenstock at High Tech High said, the community is the text. Virtual reality is uh, beginning to um, extend the opportunity of the power of place to classrooms. Um, Google Expedition is an example of a, a suite of uh, VR uh, field trips that you can take. It lets you uh, visit anywhere. Uh, VR is becoming widely used in job training where simulation has lots of uh, benefits. In this uh, category of immersive learning, we could also put uh, work-based learning. I think in secondary and certainly post-secondary learning, I venture to say there's nothing more important than work-based learning and real-world learning. Um, it's at least as important as uh, your college degree these days. And our friends at Big Picture Learning have uh, recently released an app called Inblaze that helps schools manage uh, that work-based learning. Number three in this uh, emerging category is success skills. Schools are getting really serious about uh, success skills, including student agency, uh, the, the confidence, self-knowledge, an ability to act on the world and collaboration, uh, the ability to manage your uh, working relationships productively. We're excited to see so many schools doing a great job of incorporating success skills into uh, not only their classrooms, but making it core to their advisory experience. Uh, Valor Collegiate Academies might be best in class at that. They're known for their COMPASS program of social emotional learning it's now been adopted by hundreds of schools and networks. Um, take a look at that. We, we appreciate how the New Tech Network assesses student agency and collaboration in every one of their projects. The fourth and final uh, emerging trend is around guidance. With the complexity of the employment landscape and new post-secondary learning options, um, we see more and more schools paying attention to uh, the guidance that they're offering young people. We, we appreciate um, networks like EL Education that have a character framework that puts this, this idea of contribution right smack in the middle. EL schools all start with CREW. It's a great daily advisory uh, where they, young people can check in with advisors, they build culture, they develop success skills, um, and they plan next steps. Our friends at the Cajon Valley uh, School District just east of San Diego have a, the most comprehensive career education system that we have seen young people cycle through a set of career exploration opportunities uh, between kindergarten and eighth grade 
if you're you're not doubling down on guidance and trying to offer personalized and uh, localized support to help young people and their families make good decisions about careers and post-secondary, it's uh, time to get serious about it. We're going to quickly look at four trends influencing education. The first is inclusion and equity. We, we've certainly seen and heard a lot about this in, uh, in society. Um, and it's clear that we've just haven't done enough in education to make sure that we have inclusive learning environments that are uh, equitable for all. We appreciate the work that New School Venture Fund has done on this. And speaking of uh, big picture learning, uh, our friend Carlos Moreno hosted a great series on this uh, on this topic. Uh, so think about ways that uh, that you can be more proactive in terms of race, inclusion, uh, and equity in your agenda. Number two is lifelong learning. Uh, about ten years ago, there was widespread recognition that the idea of learning for sixteen years and then working for forty years. Uh, just didn't work anymore. And we're seeing more and more frameworks incorporate lifelong learning. Uh, but it's going to be more than a slogan. It's going to change the, the post-secondary landscape. And in the 2020s, uh, one way or another, uh, almost everyone is going to be on an earn and learn ladder where we all will be lifelong learners. The, the third um, related trend is uh, quantified life. Uh, a fitness tracker really changed my life. It just changed how I think about goal setting and monitoring, changed how I, I travel. And beyond fitness, we're seeing more and more consumers take advantage of uh, the quantified life with information about weather and health and driving and screen time. And now that there's uh, hundreds of millions of sensors and cameras everywhere, we're all experiencing uh, 24-7 surveillance. So it's time for schools to start thinking about what um, all of this surveillance means and, and to try to come to some agreements about how we take advantage of, of all the sensors and data in our life, how we build a really thick, integrated, formative view of learners. In the long run, this is what's going to be uh, what helps um, dramatically curtails summative assessment, just making much better use of uh, formative data. And then the fourth adjacent trend is mindfulness. Uh, we're, we're happy to see a, a, a broad acceptance of the importance of mindfulness. If, if some of you uh, listen to, to blogs about entrepreneurship, you'll note that many of today's leading entrepreneurs have have come to understand how important mindfulness is. So they may have a really busy life, but they pay attention to, uh, to mindfulness. Um, we're seeing schools really take advantage of this and incorporate it into their, uh, into their advisory systems um, and into their uh, real culture of wellness. So those are uh, four adjacent trends, inclusion, lifelong learning, quantified self, and mindfulness that are becoming more and more important. Quick look at four future trends. The first one is uh, responsiveness. We see that uh, education systems have to become much more 
responsive to the ecosystem that they uh, that they serve. That was a key recommendation of the Age of Agility from America Succeeds. Check out uh, their report. It's important to read. They encourage all schools and systems to become nimble and agile. Related to that is number two, uh, becoming lean. Um, we're going to see lower secondary and post-secondary enrollments as options increase and um, cohorts decrease in size because of a lower uh, birth rate. And, and as a result, um, we see the need for systems to become uh, much leaner, to be able to deliver much better service at a, at a lower cost. In, in some prior blogs, we've identified for school systems a, do- a dozen opportunities for service delivery improvement, taking advantage of smart tools. Uh, we even think schools are going to be able to use new real estate strategies um, using much more flexible facilities where they can flex up and down and if you uh, look 10 years out, rideshare and autonomous vehicles are going to become a really important part of the landscape. It's dramatically going to increase real-world learning opportunities for secondary and post-secondary students, and it's going to change the kinds of facilities that we need. Um, the, the third emerging trend is the social economy. The gig economy has really been driven by platforms that enable value exchanges. Uh, first, it was stuff, you know, buying stuff on eBay and Amazon. Then it was underutilized assets like Airbnb and Uber. And now it's uh, hours, uh, your spare hours. You can offer them up on Thumbtack and TaskRabbit and Upwork. But what's next is measuring efficient uh, efficacy. And data is really going to tell the story of how one person supports the growth of another Uh, We think our ability to measure the value that you add to other human beings is going to continue to grow and that people will be compensated um, for the care, consideration, creativity, critical thinking that they they offer up to their communities. And then finally, uh, this uh, emerging trend of growth communities, you know, for Hundreds of years we've organized around age cohorts. Um, and with the shift to competency, we, we know that relationships are critically important, but what I think is going to replace age cohorts are growth communities where we grow together uh, with other people. Uh, my friend Sasha Barab at, uh, at ASU said, imagine an education system that privileges local value creation, and empowers communities that matter to them. Uh, He adds that such a framework begins with understanding what communities and individual learners want to achieve and what local strengths can be tapped into and amplified. What that means is that we're going to see more programs like Seth Godin's Alt-MBA, where a group of people come together uh, around a common commitment and support each other to do their best work. I think this is what the first generation of online learning um, didn't get right. And I think adding growth communities to online uh, opportunities is really a a big, big opportunity. All right, quick look at the last category, the climate crisis. 
It's much, much worse than, uh, than we thought, said David, David Wallace Wells, the author of The Uninhabitable Earth. It's my sense that the climate crisis is going to influence education in a, in a handful of really important ways um, in the coming years. The first one is that climate is going to become an education crisis. Um, it just has to. It is undeniable. Um, the changing weather patterns are uh, making it obvious that we've made a mess of the planet that we share. It uh, Climate crisis will monopolize uh, weather and science, and uh, it, it's become obvious even to the climate deniers that uh, it, it will become central to the politics of the next 30 years. We've shied away from teaching this because it's controversial, but r- recent polls have shown that um, the, the majority of Americans uh, want uh, teachers to address these issues in their classrooms. Um, we think it's important for leaders to hold community conversations, to build some agreements about how we deal with climate um, across our curriculums. Number two is we're seeing a shift from populism to, uh, to, to activism. Uh, this this uh, odd shift to populism of the last uh, three or four years is really dangerous and short-sighted. It produced a, kind of a political uh, sugar rush right at this inflection period when we most uh, need to talk about climate change. We really only have about a, a decade to deal with this or it, it really amps up uh, the, the stakes. And that's why it's so rewarding to see so many young people um, taking to the streets and making it clear that we need to to deal with this and be proactive. Uh, Greta Thunberg is a, is a terrific model. And as she said, the planet is on fire and the time for action is now. Empower your kids to help make a difference. Uh, this links back to our earlier conversation about um, contribution. Number three on climate change, um, uh, artificial intelligence is going to help, but won't solve the climate crisis. AI, uh, think of it as code that learns, um, given bigger and bigger data sets. It's the most important technical capability that we've ever developed. Um, It is disrupting every sector of human society with uh, both good news and bad news. The good news is that AI is going to help make uh, wind energy more efficient and more predictable. It's going to boost uh, grid and storage intelligence. It's going to improve our weather forecasting. It's going to help uh, improve agricultural efficiency. It will help landowners visualize the carbon mitigation potential of the land they own. So it's going to help us combat and Um, and adapt to climate change, but it's not going to solve it. Um, In fact, the combination of AI-accelerated income inequality and the flood and famine and fire caused by climate collapse is likely to be uh, a really significant risk. So even us tech optimists uh, need to acknowledge that 
Um, it's going to take more than invention to solve this problem. And then finally, the shift to adaptation. We've probably passed a point where two or even three degrees of warming is, um, is likely. And as a result, we not only need to look at ways to mitigate climate um, change, we need to begin uh, to adapt to it. And for us in education, the answer is to begin teaching people design skills so that they can not only mitigate, but adapt to the, the damage that we've created to the planet. We don't have much time. As I said, we probably have a decade for a comprehensive coordinated action. Um, the, the General Assembly president uh, of the UN said we're the last generation that can prevent irreparable damage to our planet. So it's time to get busy. Uh, education's got an important role to play to, uh, to mitigate and adapt to climate change. We've taken a really quick look at 20 trends worth uh, paying attention to. If you're a school leader, I hope you get a chance to discuss a few of these trends at your next staff meeting. If you're a system head, I hope you uh, devote your next few staff meetings to working through each of these. If you're a learner, uh, it's time to get busy making a difference and figure out where your next contribution will be. Thanks for joining me for a quick spin through 20 trends impacting education. Keep innovating. For more on learning trends, check out episode 223 with Pavel Luksha and episode 225 with Catherine Prince. And you can always find tons of resources and inspiration by visiting our blog at gettingsmart.com. And before you take out your headphones, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Yes, and be sure to rate us as well. That's it for today, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. For the Getting Smart Podcast, this is Caroline. And Jessica. Signing off.